listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to step into our, uh, our season message, but I want to be able to pray for you before, as we, as we just get started here today. Um, in this series, we are... Uh, talking about the fact that Jesus came and that in the process of him coming, it's so much more than just a baby in a manger. He came for purpose. He's on mission. When we look at this manger, we understand that the plan of God has finally been activated, that the plan of God that was promised that would come is now active with the arrival of this child in this manger. And it's the fix for the problem created by Adam and Eve, by their sin, by their actions. The solution for sin and death is arriving on the scene. And in the process, we uh, find ourselves looking at this portion of scripture this morning. It comes out of Isaiah chapter nine, verses six through seven. It says, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and I wanna focus on this next title, which is Prince of Peace. The topic of peace is so prevalent as we look throughout scripture, but also especially in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus carries the title of the very Prince of Peace. You know, if you were uh, Prince of, of uh, Oranges, you come from Florida and you represent all of the orange industry, you show up, as the Prince of Oranges, if there is such a thing, you come bearing oranges, the wrapped fruit of the South that is citrus and wonderful and tasty, but you're the embodiment of all that comes with that industry. Jesus shows up on the scene as the Prince of Peace. He brings with him peace. Now, completely misunderstood for the people of the time when he came, he did not come at this moment to bring world peace, but he came to bring you personal peace, internal peace. Underneath all of what's going on and what you're experiencing, there is an opportunity for the war to stop, the fight to stop, the striving to go away, to all of the yelling and the screaming that happens internally for that to subside and supernatural peace to actually be a part of your experience. Goes on to say, of the increase of his government and of peace. So the increase of his peace, there will be no end. The peace that's available for you personally, there is no end. It's always replenishing and there's always more regardless of what you're going through. And during this season, I wanna help you to focus on the idea that Jesus came to bring you peace. And if you're lacking peace, I wanna help you to see how to access that. If like your world right now, because of the holidays and because of life and because of politics and because of social experience or maybe work, if it's just like behind the scenes, there's a lot of raging, a lot of voices and a lot of noise and you don't know how to make them go away, I promise you that God has a solution for your world. That's one of the reasons that Jesus came, amen? So let's pray. Place your hand over your heart, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to know Jesus and to experience all that he came for. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your son. We thank you that he lived, he died, he resurrected, ascended, is now at the right hand of the Father. Lord, we thank you for that. We're also grateful that this peace that he came 
as the Prince of Peace, all of that is available to us today as we live in our life, as we navigate the world we're in. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to experience that. It might be available, but for some, maybe it's stuck on the shelf or they're not sure how to, how to reach in and grab that for their lives. I pray you'll help me to communicate it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Go, go ahead and give the Lord a big hand. High five the person next to you. Grab your Bible. Worship team, great job. Thank you guys so much. And we're gonna go ahead and jump into the, to the scripture. I just wanted to remind you that Christmas Eve, next Saturday evening, we are gathering here from five to six, and there is no Sunday gathering next week. Um, also with that, the following week on, on New Year's Eve, we have our Vision Builders Soiree. It's a black tie event. It's an opportunity to, to join together to celebrate what has happened last year, what is, we are looking forward to in the new year. This is a big deal for us. We get all dressed up and we uh, gather together and it's an elegant evening and we want to invite you to be a part of that so you can celebrate what was and what will be. Uh, finally, a big push for this next year is our C3 internship. We've already got a number of students who have already signed up, already, uh, already been approved to go through this one-year program. This is the training ground for people who desire to, to step into leadership for ministry. Not that they're going to be pastors or necessarily missionaries, but we, all, we are all in ministry. We want to help people to be effective in that process. And so the internship is a way to go about doing that. You can look at more details online. If you have any questions, see me right after our gathering is over, okay? Uh, so with that, as Jesus finishes up his ministry, I know we started with the manger, but as Jesus does all of his ministry and he talks quite often about peace, in fact, almost everyone he heals, almost everyone he ministers to, his final departure in dialogue with them is go in peace. And it's really this idea that now that they've interacted with him, they've experienced something new. It's a, it's a peace. There's something that's happened on the inside of them that's allowed them to experience a new level of calm that they've never experienced before. As Jesus has gone through his entire ministry, he looks at the disciples, and in John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I, I, I take what I have and I push it into your life, it goes on to say, but not as the world gives do I give it to you. And I love this portion of scripture because it draws a line between two types of peace. Peace that we probably have experienced on some level before Jesus, and then the unique peace that Jesus brings and offers into our lives as we start a relationship with him and as we walk with him. And the two pieces could not be more different from one another um, than, than, than they are. I mean, they are, they are extreme left and extreme right in, in what, how they're experienced and what they do for a person. Jesus defines the peace the world gives, and he says, you've experienced that, now I'm gonna give you something brand new. I'm gonna give you peace, not like the world gives you, but peace that comes from me. And we see here these two types of peace that we discover is the peace given by the world. Now, the best way I can describe the peace that the world offers is peace that we experience when we're navigating through life and we find ourselves in circumstances that we're actually satisfied with. It's when you finally find the job that you enjoy and for that moment, you're enjoying the job and so there's no inner turmoil about your job. There's just this sense of, ah, have you experienced that? Where the circumstances of your life have started to come together and maybe not everything's together, but there's some 
some peace in relationships. You're finally not fighting with your spouse. You guys are getting along, and now we have peace. It's an external peace. It's circumstantial. It's when everything outside of you kind of lines up in a way where you can say, ah, that I, I enjoy this. Now, everybody has a different threshold for what they're looking for, but it's when you, with your threshold, find yourselves in a spot where you can live with this. This is good. I am enjoying this. This is kind of what I was looking for. I'm not dissatisfied. I'm not angry. I'm not frustrated. This is, this is okay. And with that, though, you have to recognize that circumstances and situations change so that peace is temporary. You enjoy peace as long as you're happy with the circumstances. But how many of you know circumstances change pretty often? People grow, things change, unexpected things happen. And so you got the job and now you're finally at peace. I finally have my job. And about four weeks later, all of a sudden, I don't have as much peace with my job. Why? Because the thing you didn't know about this new job, you're now discovering. Oh, I didn't know, it. say it with me, I didn't know it was gonna be like this. Or you got married and this is gonna be the most amazing thing ever. And then you discover there's some unknowns about marriage, about the person that you're marrying and all of a sudden, this ah, blissful angel singing moment is a little bit less than. And so on the inside of you, you're experiencing a little bit of turmoil about that scenario of your life. Sometimes in your circumstance, peace will evaporate as the circumstances are no longer agreeable. When your kids aren't doing what they're supposed to do, when the relationship at home is not working smooth, when things aren't working out with your job, when your physical health is, is struggling, when you're looking at the landscape of politics and the landscape of society and you're hearing all the voices and it can really fire up something within you to feel really uncomfortable about where you are in your experience with this world. And so you begin to experience an absence of peace. There's like this internal voices and there's this conflict and it's just barraging you to the point where it sometimes is difficult to focus, difficult to pay attention, even difficult to enjoy the, the good spots that you normally would enjoy in everyday life. Well, Jesus shows up on the scene and he talks about the peace that he gives. Now, this is so valuable because it really is not based on external circumstances. It's, it's really predicated upon the internal relationship you now have with him. Because he is the Prince of Peace, he steps into your life and you experience peace in that relationship regardless of circumstances with the confidence to know that because he is God, he will help you navigate through these external circumstances. See, the, the, the peace that Jesus offers is because of who he is and re, they're regardless of circumstances because when you have him in your life, there is a confidence to know that he will help you to navigate whatever discomforts you have and make it through to get to the spot that is better and is peace-filled. And so when he shows up as the Prince of Peace, it's not that he changes every circumstance. The relationship with him changes your perspective on the circumstance. A relationship with him allows you to look at your spouse and have the aha moment that they're not perfect, because they're not, and the aha moment that you're probably to blame too because you're not perfect either. And yet there's a peace because there's a confidence that as long as I'm holding his hand, he's gonna help me to navigate this relationship and get to good destinations. 
And a storm could come out or fire, things could catch on fire. And yet on the internal of your soul, there's still a peace because although it's chaos out there, it's good with him and I. And no matter what comes, we can navigate our way through. You can't experience that before you meet Jesus because it's just you and your circumstances. And you're at war with bad circumstances and you fight your way through, but in a relationship with him, he's master of the circumstances. And now when it's good with he and I, when I see bad circumstances out this way, there's a confidence to know he's gonna help me make it through every one of these things. After all, he is the prince of peace. He offered peace regularly to people he interacted with. And he said this in John chapter 14, verse 27, my peace I give to you. When he said that to the disciples, he didn't say, my peace I will give to you. He said, my peace I give to you. In other words, peace is available in a relationship with him. It's on the table, available for you to reach out and grab it. It's not something you need to pray hard to get or to seek to find. It's available. It's there. It's within reach. It's accessible. Now, you might not be experiencing it, but the reality is it is there for your taking in your relationship with him. It's that confidence that he will help you to navigate through, re, through any circumstance you face. Now, as you begin to walk with Jesus and experience that peace, there's a reality check. His peace in your life will be challenged regularly. Any amens? There will be lots of voices and lots of circumstances and lots of podcasts and lots of news reports and a lot of Twitter feeds that will show up in your life to try to push you and budge you and shove you out of that spot of being confident with him that we're going to make it through. It will get you to take your eyes off of him. It'll try to anyways, to take your eyes off of him to focus on the storm that you're about to face or going through. And yet the fight is to keep your eyes fixed on him, saying, you're gonna, you're gonna, Lord, I'm confident you're gonna help us to navigate through. When all the outside voices, voices want you to look at the storm, look at the lightning, look at the waves, look at, look at the chaos, look what's happening all around us. And the more you look out there, the tendency is the less you look this way, right? So we will not only have our, the peace challenged but I'll throw this out at you, caveat number two. It's a reality check. You will very often be tempted to pursue peace the old way. New peace is found in your relationship with him. It's good. We're okay. You're in my life. But our old way of finding peace is to fix all of our circumstances and to run out here and do all this stuff. Now, in our relationship with God, we do have a role to play in fixing circumstances and navigating the storm. But in a, in a new relationship with him, we follow, we don't lead. And so God leads us and he helps us as we follow him to navigate whatever the storm is. The old way, we just used to fight the storm. And there will be a tendency for you to take your eyes off of him and run out here and do some storm fixing. But the reality will be, you will not have peace as you do that. Because peace is found in him in a relationship with God, whereas peace in the world is found through good circumstances. And when circumstances aren't good and you're trying to fight your way through on your own, you will lack peace. The thing I really want to drive here for you as a believer is to understand that a follower of Jesus experiencing long periods without peace 
is likely pursuing worldly peace instead of his peace. So important to understand this concept. When you have Jesus, you have access to peace, but if you lack peace, it's probably because instead of going here to get your peace with him, you're over here trying to build your circumstances in a way that they are more peaceful for you. And that is the way the world will go after it. And that's also how they lose it and how they fight for it again and are never able to actually experience peace regardless of what's going on. You know, in the 30 some odd years uh, that we, me and Rowena have pastored, pastored there was a time uh, a while back where someone sent me a very interesting text message and I'll read it to you. Um, and this was okay. This, this is a friend of ours. This is somebody who's not necessarily in our church world anymore, but they're, they're a friend and we love them. But they sent me a text message one evening and it said, Pastor Steve, I'm leaving the church and I wanted to say goodbye. And I was actually really surprised. I had no, no warning as I read this. And they went on to say, but I wanted to do it gracefully. So, so props. Some people just disappear, but we're a family. You don't just disappear from a family. If you have to make a change, there's a right way to do it. And this person was really attempting to do it well. He said, I wanted you to know it has nothing to do with you or anyone else at the church. I'm just in search of peace and I can't seem to find it at our church. He goes on to say, I can't really seem to find it anywhere as if I'm going to be honest. And that prompted really quick a phone call and some time that we spent together navigating through the dialogue. But this person was expressing long periods of, 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 of life where they did not have peace in a number of the categories of their life. In their walk with God, they didn't have peace. In their career, they didn't have peace. They weren't experiencing peace in relationships. And what I want you to, I want you to hear from me is that it's so, so, so peace with a relationship with him is so accessible, but a lack of peace, long, prolonged periods of peace, it's very likely that you're not experiencing the peace because you're actually pursuing peace in the wrong direction, going out trying to work it out. If you notice the words of the person who texted me, he said, I can't seem to find peace in our church and I can't seem to find peace anywhere. That's because you're not going to find peace by coming here. You're not going to find peace by finding a, a spouse. You're not going to find peace in finally having kids. You're not going to find peace in your soul by finally being approved by your, your peer group. You're not going to find peace when you finally make a certain amount of money or you finally win the award or when the boss recognizes you're the true genius behind the company's success. It's not going to, peace is, is always going to be elusive as long as you're looking for it to happen out here. But you can experience intense peace when you look to God as the source of that peace, you can experience tremendous peace no matter what's going on in your world in any of those categories. In fact, that's how you know things are good is when the world is going crazy and yet deep down within your soul, there's a confidence, there's a peace because you and God are good. So I want, I, I, I'll, let me back up and let me say this. I can identify to a degree with this person's text message. Not that I'm leaving the church, no, no, no notice there. But, but there are moments in my life where I lack peace. Not everything is as I would have it be. Not everything is perfect. Not everything is buttery smooth. Not everything just comes together. There are many circumstances all the time in my life, professionally, ministerially, personally, relationally, financially. There's lots of things there's, that, that are challenged at times. And yet, in the deepest, darkest moments, available to me is peace. And I thank God 
then I'm able to access that very quickly when I don't experience peace. There have been a few moments where the peace has been, the lack of peace has been somewhat prolonged, but I'm able to self kind of diagnose and recognize, yeah, that's because you've been spending all your time trying to fix this and you've not been spending time with the one who brings peace. And so what I wanna challenge you to do is to, to hit reset today if you lack peace in any area of your life, and then begin to walk in that through this holiday season because the Christmas season will really exacerbate lack of peace. It puts on a lot of pressure financially and socially, relationships and getting together with family and having to meet all the expectations. And so then that lack of peace just gets compressed. And by the time you hit the end of the holidays, you, you come unraveled. We don't want that to happen to you. So let me give you just a couple, just two points today. Um, number one, we experience peace as we seek him, say this final word with me, first. We seek peace, we experience peace in our lives as believers when we seek him first. Now, it's important to go to work. It's important to get out there and hustle. It's important to work on your relationship with your spouse. It's important to try to perfect your parenting skills or your ministry. But if you pursue those things first, that's you out there trying to create your own peace, and it will be elusive. But the Bible says that when we seek him first, then all these other things have a way of coming together because he actually gets us in line with him, and then he knows how to navigate it best. And as we walk with him, he can help you to be a better father, husband, business owner, uh, fellow uh, friend in the community. In walking with him first, those things fall into place. Um, do you know that praying is not the same thing as seeking him first? Uh, in conversations with people, uh, uh, in this individual who texted me, we had this conversation. He said, but Pastor Steve, I have prayed. I've been seeking God and I can't find peace. And I began to talk to him about this idea. There's a difference between a lot of time spent in prayer and then some time seeking him. It's like the difference between me looking for a plumber or me looking for a loved one. You see, when I look for a plumber, why am I looking for a plumber? I have a plumbing issue. Not all is well in my plumbing world. I need a plumber, right? So uh, I need a plumber. And if you're a plumber, but you can't help me, then I got to find another plumber. I'm looking to get my plumbing situation solved. But when I'm pursuing a loved one, I'm pursuing relationship. And it is possible to turn your prayer life into seeking for a plumber. Oh God, oh God, I, I'm at war on the inside. I'm so lonely. I need somebody to love me. And you spend all your time telling God how to fix your circumstances. And instead of seeking the one who will help you navigate circumstances, you are demanding the plumber come un unclog your pipes. It is possible for you to spend all your time praying and having not sought the kingdom of God, not seeking the king. I could spend time with my wife and not really spend time with my wife. Sweetheart, uh, have you, did, you do, did you get this when you went grocery shopping? Uh, when you go to the store, could you pick that up? Uh, could you make sure that the dogs have enough? You know, we, just a long list of stuff. That's not relationship. That's, that's project stuff, right? That's not, that's not relationship. That's task. And so our relationship with God, it's so important that we seek first the king. 
to seek him first, seek the kingdom of heaven. What does that even look like? It means me just spending some time with God and saying, Lord, you love me. I, I love you back right now. Lord, thank you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, thank you. Everything's not perfect, but let's forget that for a second. Thank you. I've got breath in my lungs. I've got a pulse. Not every relationship is good, but right now we're good. Lord, thank you for sending your son. Man, you've done so many things in my heart and my life. Thank you. Thank you that you know my name. Thank you that you want me. And it's relationship. And when you press into that relationship and actually push all, all the spiritual stuff aside, but lean into the relationship and talk with God, read his word and let his word talk back to you, you end up finding yourself becoming aligned with God, him out front. Seeking first means getting him in the front so that he's first, so that now when we go out and we navigate through our circumstances, he's leading the way instead of chasing you as you make a debris field out of your already frustrating circumstances, you're probably gonna make them worse if you do it on your own, amen? Anybody, you're like me? So it's spending some time to seek him first. Uh, Matthew 6.33, that's that verse. Let me give you another verse that really stands out to me, Isaiah 26.3. It says, you keep him in perfect peace. Perfect peace. God will keep you in perfect peace, goes on to say, whose mind is stayed on you. When my mind is stayed on God, when I'm looking to God first, instead of looking for him to fix my circumstances first, when I look to him first, it allows me to trust that he will help to work this out. But if I go after to try to work this out first, it's my hope that he will help me. You see how that's training caboose? I'm trying to fix it. I sure hope God helps me. No, no, no. God, I've got you and now you're first, and you're going to lead me into the fix. It's a whole different concept. And that's why, as a believer, you can have incredible peace, no matter what's going on. Bad news, you got fired, you lost your job, there's craziness going in politics, I'm going to be okay. You know why? Because he's leading me, and he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. You know, uh, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, this is an entire chapter in the Bible about prayer about effective prayer, and it says there, after you've prayed, that's the verses beforehand, it says, and then, after you've prayed, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense. It's chaos is going on in my life. Insanity's happening. Nutty stuff is going on. People are going left and right. Nobody knows what's gonna happen, and yet you're there calm, knowing that it's gonna be okay. Why? Because I've prayed. Not I've prayed about all these things, it's I've prayed, we're in lockstep. I've got the Prince of Peace. He's my prince. I'm walking with him. He's the front of the ship. He's breaking the ice field apart as we sail. I don't have to bust the ice. He's busting it for me navigating me to the best destinations. The peace of God which passes, or actually it says, surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. No matter what's shot at your heart, no matter what the circumstances are screaming at you, your heart's protected because the peace of God is surrounding your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah. So 
You chase, uh, you, if, you, if you come to the spot where you're missing peace for long periods of time as a believer, and your thing is, I, but I prayed about it, stop, hit pause, and I'll challenge you. Yeah, you've been praying, but have you been seeking? Because he's findable, and when you find him, the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart. Let me give you the second point as I finish up here today. Uh, the second thing is we experience this peace as we actually take captive our thoughts and feelings. I know all of you have thoughts and I know all of you have feelings and man, do we ever worship feelings in this generation. It's like everybody's racing around trying to catch their feelings. Do you know your feelings will lie to you? And your thoughts will tell you lies? And if everything you thought was true, man, what a mixed up world this would be. And if every emotion that you had was actually legitimate, that you would end up doing opposite things within a five-minute span? Well, I just feel like I'm the greatest thing in the world. I just feel like I'm a loser. In about a window of five minutes, that can happen. You step out of the car, you got your blazer on, you're looking good, you're walking around, people are laughing and say, hey! And then as you get to class, you realize your fly is down, and that's why they've been laughing at you. You went from, you ascended the heights, and now you're down in the depths just because of circumstances and emotions. They can change that quickly. And the Bible here talks about the idea of if, if you allow your thoughts and your emotions to just run rampant throughout your mind and throughout your body, you will, it, they will rob you of peace. Anybody? Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that raises itself against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. You know, some thoughts that I experience, they appear trying to start a conversation to rob me of my peace. It takes me about five seconds uh, looking at Twitter or social media or listening to a news report to be introduced to some new threat that's coming my way. And as soon as that's introduced to my mind, 10 minutes can go by, and I've followed this discussion down to the end of some ap apocalyptic hole. It can happen really easy, just even like a, anybody here, you're, you're a self-diagnoser physically? <laughs> I had a lump in my finger some years ago. Oh my gosh, I got on WebMD. I began to do the research. I'm introduced to this potential problem, and next thing you know, I'm pretty sure I have knuckle cancer, and I'm dying because... Listen, 90% of people who die, die of knuckle cancer, correct? Am I not wrong? Am I, I'm, I'm totally 100% correct. Our minds have a way of being introduced to ideas, and those ideas will play around with them without realizing, and they lead us to places that completely rob us of all peace. We imagine ourselves being old, alone, without a place to live, abandoned by everyone, because the thought started off that maybe your spouse doesn't love you as much as they did five minutes ago. And it has a way of traveling down the road that way. The thoughts that come into our minds, the ideas that are suggested by news, by friends, by bad reports, by financial indicators. I mean, some of you, this is very, very real. Some of you are living in a world where as you're looking at the economy and all the news reports, it could be, it could be doom and gloom six months from now. I mean, you're picturing yourself like, do, do I have enough stuff stored in the crawl space underneath the house? Do I, have I bought uh, 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 
rations that I can add water to, and they'll just, boom, a casserole pops up. When we add a little bit, of, do we, have we bought any of those? Do we have any kerosene? I don't know what for, but if we, we have no place to live, I can light a little fire. Do I, where am I gonna go? Whose house are we all gonna meet at when things get really bad? We find ourselves really going to some of those places because our minds grab onto that little piece that's suggested, and our minds play with them, and they go down the rabbit hole. But here, the book of, of 2 Corinthians say that we have to take captive those thoughts that suggest a different outcome than what God has for us. And so many of the, the, the areas where I lack peace is I lack peace because the circumstances suggesting an outcome that's contrary to what God has already told me either in his word or through his spirit that he has for me. And so the more I look at the circumstance and listen to that voice, the more that becomes potentially unavoidable. Yet when I look at God, he says, I'm gonna help you navigate through. And so I'm tempted to look and, and I need to look and yet I'm tempted to look. And what I have to do is shut that narrative off. I have to take that thought captive. You, you experience those thoughts coming on you? I remember talking with my dad one time. Uh, my dad's a believer. He's been a believer for a lot of years, but in his early years of becoming a believer, he used to be a pretty pretty uh, emotional person, could be pretty angry. Uh, and there'd be times when he would come home from work, you really weren't sure were you getting happy dad or angry dad. And I remember having a conversation after he was a believer with me, and he realized that while driving home, he could be just simply driving down the road and a thought of something that happened some years ago would pop into his mind. And then he would begin to relive those events and feel some of the same emotions that he had initially and begin to get angry at people at home for something that happened seven or eight years ago. So he would step out of the car angry because he's reliving that whole narrative. And he told me, he says, what he learned to do was as soon as that thought from the past is introduced, wanting to create that lack of peace, take that thought captive and say, no, I'm not even gonna think about that. Instead, I'm gonna think about the good things that are available in my life right now and about these people. Why don't you stand with me? Let me read you just a couple more verses here. Um, some conversations are introduced to try to get you to uh, go down that rabbit hole to pull you away from your peace so that now you begin to drive erratically and you lose the ability to navigate smoothly with the Lord. But John chapter four, verse 27, I love this portion of scripture. Um, it's out of the Amplified Version of the Bible, and it's the tail end of when Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not, as the, not the peace that the world gives. The Amplified Version kind of adds a parenthesis at the end. And I, I love how it says there, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. It's this idea that the enemy wants to exploit these thoughts to get you stirred up, to pull you off of this peace that Jesus offers. I mean, the you that's experiencing peace is so much easier to get along with, so much more likable. You even like that person better, as do all we. But that person is able to navigate life so much smoother because they've drop the porcupine quills and they're just smiling and pushing through doing what they need to do. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. 
They're trying to push these, these things are trying to push you off your game. Jesus offers something better. In spite of those circumstances, he's offering you the type of relationship that being the Prince of Peace, he introduces peace into your circumstances. Yeah, there's a, a song that, uh, it's not necessarily a holiday song, it's a hymn. So I remember singing this as a kid. It's a song about peace and it just simply says, when peace like a river attends my way. In other words, when peace travels with me, right? Uh, when sorrows like sea billows roll, okay? In other words, I'm ex there's sorrow all around, but I'm experiencing this peace. No matter what I'm going through, whatever my lot, God has taught me to know that it is well, it is well with my soul. And the chorus just says, it is well. It is well. It is well with my soul. You know, it's penned by a man named Horatio Spafford, who was uh, back in the 1800s, a very successful attorney and a real estate investor. So naturally he had peace. I mean, he was successful. He had a family. He's got money. He's got respected by, by the public, right? That's 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 circumstantially, he should have peace, right? No wonder he could write a song like this. Well, um, he lost his entire fortune in the great Chicago fire in 1871. At the same time, his four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. So that his family could get away and have a healing time, he put his wife and his four daughters on a ship to go to England. He was planning on joining them afterwards after he got some work at home done. While crossing the Atlantic, the ship sunk and 200 people died, including all four of his daughters. Only his wife, Anna, survived. Horatio got on a, on a boat, sailed for England to, to try to rejoin with his wife after he had been through all of this. And when they hit the spot in the ocean, the captain of the ship, knowing what he had been through, got Horatio's attention and brought him over to the bow of the ship. And they looked down into the dark waters where the boat sunk, where his four daughters were deceased. And while standing there, the overwhelming peace of God that passes all understanding because of his relationship with Jesus helped him to pen the words, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know. I can know peace no matter what the circumstances, but they come because of a relationship with him. I wanna invite you today to give your life to Jesus if you've yet to do that and experience the Prince of Peace and the peace that passes all understanding. I also wanna invite you this morning, if you are experiencing as a believer long periods of a lack of peace, I wanna invite you to step in and press in. Forget praying about the circumstances. Forget trying to fix everything. Forget praying about it all coming together and just re-embrace him. The one who brings peace, embrace him, invite him to be your prince, your prince of peace again in this season. And watch as he melts away the chaos and shuts down the voices and helps you to navigate with him. Can I pray for you? If you're here today, just looking, at, looking out at you, if you're here today and you need in this season an extra dose of peace, I wanna see your hand and I just wanna be able to pray for you, okay? You looking around at your world, you're hearing the voices, you know there's stuff going on. We're gonna pray this morning that you have extra, extra, extra peace. I'm gonna pray for a divine reset for you. 
but I want to tell you, after you walk out of this place, you're going to have to pursue those two things. God's going to hit the reset for you this morning. I'm confident of that. As we pray, you are going to experience a supernatural sense of peace. But after we walk out of here, you're going to have to manage it because the voices are gonna show back up and gonna try to get you looking at the circumstance and try to get you out of your chair to go fix all the circumstance. When God's saying, no, 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 before we try that, let's spend time together, let's get this in alignment, okay? You're gonna have to shut off the voices and shut off the dialogues that would pull you off of your peace, okay? And if you're saying yes to Jesus for the very first time today, as we pray, let me know afterwards. We got a book called Following Jesus. Love to get you plugged into that. We've got a class for that starting in January. So we wanna help you to start your relationship with Jesus, okay? Okay, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you came while you were wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger as a baby. You were not an infant. You, you came still as the Prince of Peace to bring peace to our lives. Lord, I thank you that in you we can experience peace that's different than the world peace. It's different than circumstantial peace. It's a confidence in spite of circumstances to know, God, that you've got me, that you're gonna help me, that you're leading the way, that you're gonna open doors that I can't open. It doesn't matter what I do. I could never position myself well enough to make it happen. And if I do, oh boy, then I've gotta make it all happen. I've gotta maintain what I make happen. But Lord, when you lead the way and we seek you first, all these things are added. They just come my way as I walk with you. And so I pray, Lord, that we could step into that that this season, that the lack of peace is filled right now. I pray, God, Holy Spirit, for that supernatural divine reset that happens. Holy Spirit, right now, that you'll infuse, exhale upon your people, allow them to experience your peace. Your peace. Come on, say it with me. Your peace. Lord, we invite your peace that passes all understanding right now into our hearts. We focus on you, we look away from circumstances. We need you. Lord, you're willing, you place it on the table. We wrap our arms around you and in the process, your peace is infused. We, in, we are grateful for that, Lord, we celebrate that. Come on, pray with me a little bit. Lord, I invite you to fill me with your peace. Come on, in your own words, use your own voice. Lord, I look for you. Fill me with you, God, fill me with your peace. Lord, allow your peace to overflow onto my life right now. Father, I invite you, God, take control of all the circumstances of this situation. Lord, all the chaos, God, breathe into my soul and allow me to experience your spirit's peace. Let me walk in that. Let that carry me my days ahead. Let me learn to navigate in that. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church.